Hello and welcome to another episode of VR Download. In case you're new here, each week we meet here in virtual reality. Blah, 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 in virtual reality. I can say those words, I promise you. Using the latest technology to discuss the next generation of personal computing. Hello, I'm your bespectacled host today, Kyle Riesenbeck, filling in for Ian Hamilton, who is actually here, filling in for David Heaney. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to everyone for tuning in, except Daniel. Uh, yeah, except Daniel. Well, right, because you you said, Daniel, that you'd prefer the Kyle Heaney, the Kyle-David Heaney combo versus me and Ian. But, I mean, you got you to gotta do what you can do because, like I said in previous episodes, David Heaney is working on a top-secret project. So anyway, so we're here in our proprietary upload virtual studios where we broadcast live on YouTube. So we are live right now on YouTube. VR Download is also syndicated to all podcast platforms. And if you like this type of quality programming to continue, we need your support by liking, subscribing, and sharing upload content. Us hearing for the first time live on our show last week, that echo was being shut down by Radiaton and Meta. And so we felt that it was important to uh, last week on VR Download, which one of you, I think uh, Onakazi, uh, had suggested that as a, uh, yeah, it really worked out well uh, to share that with you because we are going to be talking a bit about Echo and uh, we've got some other news, PSVR 2, because I know some of you are kind of into that, uh, you know, slash sarcasm so uh ian uh what do we, how are we how are we doing this week <laughs> yeah it's funny you, you can never win with the fans out there right we're either too too you know we're too much fanboys or we're too against the platform right we're either you know biased one way or the other you can never win against them and t- joking about psvr2 there uh hits hits the nail on the head because i saw someone in our comments talking about us being you know too excited for it i don't know it's, it's I, i'm not I'm I'm not too excited. Oh my gosh, yeah. Not, I'm I am so the, excited. My I yeah, forget him. No, I got no, I got a carpet no. placed cool. out on my floor where the, the wire's gonna run from my PS five. No, no, Everything no. is good to go. I'm so excited. See, I, I'm not too excited. I am the right amount of excited. I am the proper amount of excited. <laughs> you know, I I'm not a console gamer. I never have been. And so for me, it's, you know, I have a console in my home, PSVR, uh, the OG PSVR and PSVR uh, version 1.5 or whatever when they change one of the cables. Anyway, I have it all. Uh, But I don't, that's not my daily driver, as some of you are uh, very accustomed to having that be your daily driver. That's good. That's for you. I mean, I, you know, some people like chocolate, some people like peanut butter. Some people like vanilla. Some people like strawberry. Uh, you know, everybody's entitled to their own flavor, and that's good. So, yeah, is, I, just, I pictured you going through about fifteen more flavors and just uh, listing yeah, them all just out. Full Baskin um, Robbins, the whole show. Yeah, let's do yeah. It. No. Uh, so we've got just to recap what we're going to go through. We're going to go over PSVR two and the mega uh, frequently asked questions that was shared by Sony on the PSVR two. We're going to talk about Samsung and Google returning to VR or XR, as they put it, and the implications there and what we can sort of uh, know at this time. And then we will come back. Uh, well, we'll cover a bunch of meta stuff uh, that's happened since last meta week. Meta with a capital M? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll cover all uh, the, the acquisition of Supernatural, uh, their earnings, and then we'll, we'll come back uh, full circle back to Echo VR with 
uh, just a, quite the moment to experience there with our audience as this happened live, uh, as they informed us and we confirmed it, you know, verified it with our own eyes in reality. And then, uh, yeah, just having that moment with, uh, with us was, was quite wild. And I think we've, I think we've done a good job following up and making sure that we're on top of what may or may not happen there. But yeah, first, yeah. Yeah. yeah, First was the Sony FAQ, just this huge, huge list of things that they've confirmed about the platform, things we knew, uh, in one way or another, uh, is this too small to read? Probably too small for them to read, but I can read it in here just fine. Uh, but obviously comparing all the specs from PSVR 2 to PSVR 1, as well as just not little nice-to-have features being confirmed there. One of the things that was really cool in this FAQ is it confirmed that once you initially set up the PSVR 2, you don't need your TV anymore. So you could uh, it's just not required. Uh, the headset can operate the menu and uh, you can have the controllers to operate the menu might make the psvr2 a little bit more portable than a pc vr system right you can maybe transport the ps5 and your your psvr2 to another play space in your house oh no i'm already not the same as a quest but i'm already picturing people wearing backpacked playstation 5 With like I know, a right? car battery attached underneath it, going, "This is the future of VR." <sighs> it's it's Ghostbusters. That's full immersion <laughs> for Ghostbusters. That's exactly what people are going to be doing for Ghostbusters. Come on, that's perfect. Yeah. All right. So, um, what else was in here? The weight. So we've got the official weight. Uh, the original PSVR one system was around six hundred grams, and then PSVR two is around five sixty. So that's despite adding eye tracking, that's despite adding the inside-out cameras, as well as that rumble feature. So the headset will vibrate when various things happen in certain games. All of that is packed into the headset, and they were still able to make it just a tiny bit lighter than the first time around with that halo strap that a lot of people love. Some people hate, but a lot of people really love. Um, and then, of course, one of the one of the things I just I loved in this. Um, comparison side by side is communication with console over on the original psvr it's got processor unit hdmi tv hdmi ps4 usb hdmi auxiliary all these things to communicate with the console and then over on psvr2 just usb type c that's it yep uh this <laughs> you talked about your preferred system like i i hated the the teardown and the maintenance involved in just making sure the PSVR system was all ready to go. Very, very excited about the prospect of just plugging in that one little cord and, and getting on with things. Uh, they also announced that there will be, there are a hundred plus games in the works for PSVR two. There's of course that list of about uh, mid thirties number of launch titles coming out uh, later this month. Now I can't believe it's just a couple weeks away. It's a big deal to have a console PSVR launch. I know a lot of people are debating how big of a launch it's going to be, how many millions they're going to sell, but it is, it's a big deal. And I'm very excited for the platform, very excited for games like Demio to add a whole other player base of people that can join in those games. So do we know for a fact that there's going to be 
cross-play compatibility for the titles that we're excited about, such as Daniel. I'm pretty sure it's it's we would have heard otherwise on things on on, on the big ones. Um, in even on I think on Demio, it's both flat screen and PSVR uh, launching simultaneously. I believe so. You get a game like that where you could just play it on your flat screen or go into fully immersive VR. I believe. Um, yeah, and I, I, I'm not expecting, you know, there's a couple big ones that we haven't heard any confirmation on for a PSVR 2 version, but I'm sure they're probably in the works um, to, to bring more multiplayer social. I just, I just remember, I just remember when, when what was it, uh, Bridge Crew, Star Trek Bridge Crew was like the ultimate in cross-platform, uh, you know, you could have people play from like six different, you know, 10, 20, 30 different uh, places. And, and, and it worked out really well. Um, but, I mean, how many games have we had? And I don't know off the top of my head. How many games have we had that have had cross-platform compatibility with what's currently out in the wild right now? Other than Bridge Crew, what were some of the other games that were cross-platform yeah uh tough tough question to answer there's you know it's a different it's a different era of vr here Mm -hmm. uh that when you're talking about that sort of coming out like that was hard for them to do i know rec room took a long time to Mm -hmm. get you know they want to be on every platform and they've been on every platform they've gotten there but it took them evolving over this period of like the the platforms opening up for cross-platform play for them to, I, I almost wonder if Rec Room was almost a wedge in making cross-platform play a more common thing, um, just because of how useful and important it is for that community to connect across devices. Um, you know, it's there's I don't know we want to go. I just came from writing about Horizon Worlds and the latest uh, memo that's being circulated internally. And uh, we'll get to some of the meta stuff later, but that's just fresh in my head right now. And it's kind of, it's it's really bothersome to see, I just connected these dots, that the meta team are now targeting teens for uh, the platform. And they just shut off, like, uh, they, they've now restricted junior accounts on rec room so it's the only platform for rec room that doesn't have junior accounts now it makes perfect sense those are reasonable measures to to do but there's this management of what other platforms can do that happens just a few months before meta does its own thing we saw it with virtual desktop right i don't know if Guy godin is our comments today the creator of virtual desktop but he won approval after a super long delay to do his PC VR streaming feature built into his app. And that's after, you know, this rule being set down for months, months and months and months that denied him sales um, because they said it wasn't like up to quality. Well, uh, sure enough, they said it's okay. And then uh, a few months later, they rolled out their own feature. I, it's, it's, that this debate over uh, who is going to own the teen market in VR is going to be a lot of the like next six months to a year. And games like Rec Room or Roblox or Minecraft or even VR Chat uh, or whatever other platforms come up in the next little while 
that teen market is going to be absolutely like the the battleground for who is going to get the most of that audience building building virtual worlds and joining them um but yeah going uh, i threw up these specs for the playstation vr2 sense controllers just to cover the last bit of the sony news um detailing all of the things inside uh each of those controllers um not a ton to take away from this uh but the finger touch detection you know detecting exactly where your fingers are and then the feedback from those buttons on top i really really can't wait to see how great those work or how how that feels how it adds to haptics like bow effects in vr uh we've been waiting on them for a long time i can't wait can can i can i complain about something yeah uh so the just touching a button and and not pushing it, but just touching it, causing that to do something in the game that I'm playing. I was just recently doing QuestCraft uh, that I downloaded off SideQuest on my uh, Quest Pro. And um, if you've never played it before on the controllers, the the um, you know the grip buttons, you just touch them and it transforms in between different um, – tools on your so you know if you're your sword and you're fighting somebody next thing you know i accidentally because i tapped i just touched uh, all of a sudden i'm trying to kill a creeper with a feather and it's like you know i, I would love to have those features uh be off uh or be have the ability to turn them off and i'm probably gonna have to go in and tweak you know the quest craft settings to do that but uh, the, the touch sensitivity of a button that i don't want to push but it does something if i just graze it is not necessarily something that i want is that is that wrong of me to not want that feature like that's not that's not a selling point for me am i wrong i I, you know i think that's an interesting observation yeah it's definitely a like an issue or a problem when the system level responds to that in a certain way like how how responsible is the sort of meta system for having all those dead batteries all the time, right? Like yeah, well, you just true. you just shake it in a bag and it seems to activate for an hour and mm-hmm. you you lose all your battery. I want to say thank you to Robert Quinones. Love this show. You guys always knock it out of the park. Thank you for the donation and the support. Thank you to all of our members for your ongoing support. I think we can move on probably from Sony. I know people are wanting to hear us talk about these other things. Um, you ready to talk about Samsung and Google? I mean, I've got a lot to say, so you're, yeah. you're opening up Pandora's box here. If you, um, if you want, uh, if you well, want to get into all right. it, yeah. I mean, I do want to get into it, but I got to throw this image up on the screen, and I don't know how we're going to survive this segment. Like, I don't know how I escape this segment with the things that you're you're undoubtedly thinking uh, based on this <sighs> image being thrown up on the TV. So this is. Uh, an image that circulated with patent filings from Samsung a couple years ago. It was more or less the last thing we heard from Samsung that was definitive. One thing we did hear in the interim here that Samsung and Microsoft had at some point explored working out something. And it seems like with Microsoft's VR, AR strategy imploding, whatever you want to call it over there, shifting dramatically... Uh, that has disappeared. We we've previously on the show that there was the quote uh, shit show being um, circulated that the Samsung. Well, it's a direct quote from a, uh, someone out there 
discussing the situation, the the the, the cooperative uh, dynamics of Microsoft and Samsung were described with that word. So now it seems like Samsung, Qualcomm, and Google have settled on some kind of an agreement to return to the XR market, but they could not be vaguer about what is actually in in this system. So the quotes were, in XR, we're working to create a new era of highly immersive digital experiences that blur the lines between our physical and digital worlds. For the chipset, it is going to be a strategic collaboration with Qualcomm. The hardware will be us, us being Samsung, and the software will be provided by Google. For the ecosystem, we were trying to determine which platform to work with, and in the end, we decided that it was going to be Google. I think that that quote out there kind of alludes to what I was just saying earlier, that they had explored a couple different things before arriving at this uh, most recent option with Google. Now, there was I saw it on Twitter. Someone was asking about this. Uh, hopefully, they're in our comments, and I'm, I'm uh, dealing with this. In this announcement, this vague announcement, there was mention of Meta and Microsoft. Samsung more or less suggesting that they are seeking partnerships with those two companies as well in whatever they work out going forward. Like I said, that can't be vaguer. Uh, that's that's the, <laughs> the most vague you could possibly get. I, you know, that can take a lot of shapes, right? It can be nothing or it could be everything. And we don't actually know uh, where they're going to land. Um, I I'm I've talked enough here. I'm going to get rid of the scary image on, before Kyle can cam no, comment don't on yet. it. Don't yet. No. Don't yet. Don't yet. Because because there have been so many people, there have been too many people in the comments that have made comments about uh, suggestions that this uh, Samsung prototype looks like a, uh, a posterior. Uh, uh, of sorts and uh, or a possible you know brazier uh, of some sort. I'm going to start calling this the face thong. Okay. So this is the face thong. Now everybody should refer to this as a face thong trademark pending. Uh, This is what we're going to call this from now on. Can we make that official on, on upload? Anytime we talk about this, this style, you can go ahead and change the image now. I know you're waiting to, Uh, (laughs) is that, do we all agree with that? The face thong. Okay. Anyway, speaking of, yeah, go ahead. Well, all right. So this is my next image that I want to throw up here. Let's see if we get our whole stream taken down because I took a single still from the Matrix uh, to illustrate. Uh, does anyone remember what Morpheus says in this scene? What his first words are? At last. At last is what I imagine Alchemy Labs to be saying right now over at Google. Um, they have been... They've been there for years. They've obviously made Job Simulator, uh, Vacation Simulator, Cosmonius High, and they've been all in on hand tracking. Um, they they had a hand tracking in side of Vacation Simulator. They tested out some early gesture recognition in there, so you could do things just with gestures. It's a big deal to support hand tracking across an entire experience of the magnitude that vacation simulator is there. Uh, and they've just been toiling away as like one of the, you know, I, I made this joke on Twitter, uh, but it's very, very true. I would rather have a, a virtual desktop 
experience that was very similar to Job Simulator. Like if that little you know computer in that office scenario actually had my real screen on it, and I could toss a whole bunch of little objects all the way around me while also operating on my computer, like that would be more fun. And I would use it probably for longer than Horizon Workrooms. And it's such a silly, silly example. But it I want physical objects around me. I have physical objects around me in the real world. It's weird to go into VR and just have these these flat surfaces that you can't actually do anything okay. anything right. with. Then then Gee, and I, since I, you're here, I see that. Thanks for the suggestion. Oh, thank goodness. This is probably I was just gonna suggest Gee, you need to make environments where Ian can throw a cup at a coworker over a cubicle wall. And suddenly, yeah, see, I'm glad. See, I like that, Gee, that you noticed it right away. I was just about to suggest, and he's already in the comments saying it. Perfect. Ooh. All right. The Ooh, Ian gee. office. Yes, yeah. the Ian office. Yeah, Here. the job simulator, job simulator, virtual desktop <laughs> office, please. That Shoot would be staples at you from across the room. And yeah. I love it. No, well, not like, he's not I, getting I, shamed. It, he's actually giving, being given a suggestion. Well, yeah. like I, it was funny to, to, when you start thinking about it in those in that way and start realizing, like, yeah, the the virtual offices we have right now are just devoid of life, right? They're just, yeah, you've got very high resolution flat screens around you, but like it's it it is you can't reach for anything, you can't toss anything, you can't like you can't don't have a fidget spinner, right? Like there's plenty of people that have a little squishy ball uh, at their desk that they take five minutes to to relax in the middle of, yeah. of sending all those emails. Well, and, and, um, and, you know, you're, you're at a point now and I guess Guy probably already knows this, but for the rest of you, you know, you, you don't want to eat up the energy of what your headset's capable of doing. Uh, you know, the whole point of using this is that you're streaming. So you want that stream to be taking up all the resources, not the environment. But as the headsets get more powerful, you can take a little percentage and put it into a little squeeze ball and give it some really <laughs> decent, you know, just tiny little physics. And Yeah, Guy you know. saying, I don't have a physics engine, so it would not be trivial to implement, but I like the idea. I That's amazing. I, I would love to see that. I can't wait to see well, what if there's something cool that comes out of it. Take it yeah. a step further, though, and like, you, you know the copy machine? Imagine if the copy machine spit out one tweet at a time. And you had these little tweets around you that you could look at and just throw away if they're really ugly or laugh at and hit the heart button on. Like, it, it's such a st stupid example, but it, it, it underscores everything in VR is physical. And there should be physical versions of these things from, from traditional computing. And they would be more fun to interact with. By, you know, tossing them around or poking mm -hmm. them, pushing them. And all those things are gone in in all the current paradigms. And I don't know, Google has all that talent working there, I think, in Austin, Texas at Alchemy Labs. And they've been doing it for years, building these fundamental experiences. Just give them the keys to your home user experience, right? Let the home user Google experience be built by Alchemy Labs. And overnight, you have something that is way, way better than this, the, the Oculus Home or, you know, the Meta Home UI with these flats. Yeah, but screens. you also then end up with the same problem that people are concerned about the graphic fidelity, that it, lo it looks like a Wii character. It looks like I'm in a Wii game. And I'm just, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of everything having to be graphic fidelity. Like that's not what's going to, that's not what's going to grow this industry. Uh, graphic fidelity does not matter when the game mechanic itself is uh, addictive, enjoyable, and you want to redo it over and over again. You know, it could be little pills and boxes and, uh, you know, unity generic stuff with no textures. If the game mechanic is solid, you don't have anything to worry about. And you can slowly over time as the graphic capabilities of these devices uh, give you more room for growth, you can remaster stuff. And um, yes, Indie Soul, I'm still shilling for that bat game. No, yeah, I'm I like the idea that we have concept. bats for hands in here. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should we should do a show with bats for hands. Um, Claude we'll we'll Clayman's uh, AI style transfer of the pass through video in the style of Job Simulator. Yeah, I'm. I'd be. I'd be curious to see what that would look like or feel like. You then you get the uh, the issue of not knowing what are the digital objects and what are the physical objects in your room, and you have to have a way of of marking that out for the user of like making the the real objects glow in a different way so that you know that <laughs> actually pick that thing up or slap it, uh, you're you're going to break something physical in your room. Um, there was something else in our comments I wanted to talk to her. Uh, well, I'm, I, I have a huge spiel that I want to give on the whole Samsung Google return to VR thing. So uh, I'm just going to take the opportunity to infest your ears with my two cents, or it's probably gonna be like two and a half, maybe possibly as close to three cents as I can get. Um, you know, here's the thing. I, I feel like Samsung and Google uh, and all the people playing in this uh, in this game right now are still looking at VR headsets. Uh, they're confused. I think they're looking at it still as a cell phone, uh, as as that like they're using the cell phone industry rules to like if I took out the word VR and just put the word phone in every article about all of this and you read it, you'd go, oh yeah, that makes totally good sense. Samsung new version of Android that Google's creating so that way Samsung can have a leg up on the interface to the operating system and be able to do things that, and you know, well, we can't let Apple be the know all say all. And so we have to get Android and do this. And Samsung's a major player and they can throw money at the technology to make it big. And it sounds like a phone war. Like we've had for years and years. I say war, you know, figuratively speaking, it's, you know, it's business, you know, competition drives quality and all of that. But I really feel like the reason why Samsung and Google and everybody that we're talking about right now is getting into this is because they know that the time is upon them, that they're going to have to deal with an answer or response to what Apple's play in this industry is. There's a lot of assumptions being made first assumption is that the Apple headset is going to automatically be a success because it's an Apple product, you know, uh, it, it, that there's no way for Apple to put out something that isn't going to be a success ever. No matter what it is, it's going to be a success and it's going to need a response from their competitors, meaning Samsung and Google have to put their heads together and say, we better come up with something that can do this. We don't have to worry about Meta. We don't have to worry about Facebook because they've tried to do phones. Microsoft, Microsoft tried phones. Hell, I own two or three Microsoft phones in, in the time that that was around. And honestly, it was eh, – let's put it this way. The last Microsoft phone 
that I owned that ran Windows Mobile, I had an Android emulator running on it 90% of the time. Okay, so it, it, it's... I, I'm wondering if they're going to put the same level of uh, money behind, because it's all about how much money they can throw at it. You know, Meta walked so all these other people can run. Is that true or has everybody just been kind of hobbling along and now finally one company is going to be able to walk normally? I mean, where are we in this? And is treating it like a phone industry process, like this back and forth between, you know, Apple and Android, Apple and Android, is that the thing that's going to push this forward? Are we going to see iterations or is this just another flash in the pan where Google dips their toes in and goes, no, no, the water's too cold. I'm going to get out. And then left Samsung's left with, you know, uh, a, a He-Man figure of a, of a, of a VR headset, you know, it looks like Bumblebee buzz off from, from masters of the universe, uh, sitting on a shelf next to my Odyssey plus, which is literally like, I could, I could touch it. It's right here. The Odyssey plus is right here. Loved that headset. Very good headset used it for a month and then threw it on a shelf. I mean, so there, you said a lot, you said a lot. Some of that was like, I, I nodded along with some of that analysis, some of that analysis. I, I shook my head at and, um, <laughs> as yeah, is it to be expected. Yeah. Um, the, th- the, you know, Apple's not going to have a hit hit just because it's Apple. They're not going to, um, you know, they're going to learn and they have been learning. And you alluded to some of that. Uh, they've, they've been educated and learned from what others are doing and made some hard choices along the way. We'll, we'll hopefully at some point get, you know, a list of all the, the headsets that they killed over the years and the ideas that they killed over the years. Remember, there was a couple of years back, some talk of Apple doing like a, a tethered box type option where you had a device in your room that was streaming to your headset and they split processing or split it that way. And someone looked at that and said, no, let's, let's not do that. Let's go another way. And by all indications where they are now is giving you a battery that you wear somewhere on your person and then run that up to a cord which which runs your glasses, uh, your your headset, whatever you want to call it, your frames. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Apple Frames would be a cool name. Um, but the uh, it's not they're not going to get there with Generation One. Like Generation One is never the killer product. It's Generation Three or so when they add enough features to get some of those early adopters. You know. They get the early adopters with generations one and two, but they start moving to zero in on a on a really big use case by generation three that sells it to just a large, a much, much larger audience. I can I can look back and think of various examples of these devices, all Apple devices specifically, evolving from you know the very first iPod touch, which or, you know, iPod, sorry, the very first iPod with its scroll wheel, great, cool physical interface. But they had to add iTunes for Windows. They had to have it synced to a PC. They had to change the connector over time. Uh, so it wasn't using Firewire. I think the very first 
generation of iPod used FireWire, which was a standard that was only on Macs at the time. Um, and just generation by generation, you can follow it all the way through of them zeroing in on features to broaden the appeal to other other systems. And then you've got it kind of with the the watch as well. Like the first few generations of watch weren't really there. We've talked about it with our commenters in the past. By generation three uh, or so, they zero in on a crazy product. What I have a really hard time aligning with a lot of your analysis on is input and the state of the quest the quest three the you know meta has already had two generations of quest to make those assumptions learnings figure out exactly what they need to have in a generation three product to get that much bigger of an audience and we are on the cusp of seeing what that product is out of meta this year uh and that brings us back to hand controller input so google had um this bare minimum system when they were competing against meta last time around daydream obviously went from phone-based headsets where you could put in various google phones into a slot get into a basic VR experience with a three DOF controller that you pointed at the things. And it's the opposite of everything I just said, right? The physicality, the physicality in all of Alchemy's games, like the team that they acquired, none of it works on that system that they shipped. Then they had this, uh, this add on kit you could get for the Mirage solo where you could get controller tracking out of, this this dev kit and you theoretically had a dev kit for the next generation if google had wanted to get out there with dual hand control standalone they could have and someone chickened out high up in the executive structure over at google and they canned the whole idea what that's that's my long-winded response to all of your analysis and saying where does google land on hand controls and hand tracking input and how does that relate to where Apple lands on those very same subjects? And uh, one of the things, the way this partnership works is like Samsung gets the ability to like preload certain bits of software, like, you know, the stuff that everyone always hates and uninstalls from all of their computers for the last 30 years, all the freeware that's, that's pre-installed on their system. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what Samsung gets to bundle usually with the sale of the Google the Google App Store. So it'll be Google Play, I assume, going forward. What that was the story last time. What is Google going to own of this next effort, right? I would imagine that Google is going to own input. That if they own the input stack and you have to have this type of input to interact with VR apps. No, that's the no, way you're going no. to. Uh, uh-uh. you think no. they're going to leave that up to Samsung no. and developers no. See, and other partners to just in, have in, seven different inter- input systems? 
So, yes, welcome to the Android ecosystem. Uh, Qualcomm makes the chips, Google makes the software, and Samsung decides where it all goes into. And the Gazinta, uh, you know, the, we have uh, a situation where Samsung is going to uh, purchase some company that has a great input device that they're going to bundle with everything going forward. Uh, it doesn't need to be redesigned. It doesn't need to be owned by Google or anybody else. Qualcomm will make the chips. They'll have Android will have the opportunity to go in. Uh, Google will have the opportunity to go in and make sure that the Android uh, operating system, whatever they call it, you know, Ro- Robit OS or something, you know, some play off of Android that is VR related. I'm sure if I play around with the words long enough, I'll come up with something clever to say. Um, Google doesn't care about the hardware at all. Google doesn't care about the hardware. All Google cares about is, like you said, the interface. So um, Qualcomm makes the chips. Google makes the operating system. Samsung decides everything that the Android operating system needs to do with the Qualcomm chips. And input will just be something here. Just jam this in because we bought it and we want it to work in Android specifically for our hardware. It'll be proprietary and it'll be there will be exclusive games that only work with that level of input device. And then eventually somebody will hack the Quest Pro controllers to work with whatever Samsung puts out. And I'm, I'm serious. I can see the whole thing. And I think, you know, oh, yeah. uh, Chris Richardson Kyle's, made a comment Kyle's earlier. version version of the future. We'll, we'll see no, if, uh, we'll see how no, close it, no, it operates. I'm not like wrong that. here uh, to make these assumptions because Chris Richardson said it as well. He's like, I'm calling it Quest 3. We'll have three options. Pro controllers, Quest 2 controllers, no controllers. I, I almost agree with you. I feel like the Quest 2 controllers will not work with the Quest 3. I feel like it will only be the Quest Pro uh, controllers that will work with the Quest 3. Uh, there's no reason to keep it around, uh, especially with the way Meta just turns things off because they don't like oh, it anymore. I know. It, it's a good segue if, if we no, want to do no, that. So, so number one, we've, I've, I've, the problem is that <laughs> I want to get Heaney back on the show uh, because uh, I, I <laughs> go through exhausting. Too, huh? <laughs> if I have to deal with Heaney in DM chat and fight with him over things like this and then hear you repeat back what I've already fought with Heaney about, it's it's a little bit uh, fighting, uh, a little bit exhausting. Uh, cost, Kyle. Th- th- they have to reduce the cost. Meta is, if they've shown anything in the past, they are going to get the lowest possible price out of the base kit as humanly possible. One way to do that is to lose the controllers. The question is whether the Quest ecosystem is strong enough to have a bunch of gamers get their headsets home and then realize half the games aren't playable because they didn't buy the controllers with the system. That seems like a very bad idea when, by default, Every game, almost every game in the Quest ecosystem is hand controller based. It's this innovator dilemma that we see everyone talking about in so many other places regarding AI. Meta has a situation where they're trying to support hand tracking as quickly as possible. But fundamentally, they're selling a game console VR system. And Quest 3 is the third generation of that system. They... The cost, you can't, I've I've talked about this with Heaney, Uh, if the controllers are $300 for the Quest, you know, the Touch Pro, how much does that leave for them to put into the design of a headset? Um, We know that they've prioritized making it thinner on the front visor. They're going with the pancake optics. They've spent extraordinary amounts of money 
on this this optical stack that they think is unique and great to them that's you know clear to the edges a really nice field of view high frame rate no aberrations uh really they're very proud of this this thin stack that we've got on the quest pro we know we've got all indications that that's coming over to the quest 3 but how many hundreds of dollars is that going to cost for you to go and buy everything packed into that that quest 3 uh, you don't. You won't have face and eye tracking. Uh, hope I don't know if they'll do the depth sensor if they rip right. the depth sensor out of the Quest uh, Pro. Uh, uh, but okay, so you've I, already I had this conversation. The, the three options thing, like yeah. it's very very hard. I get it. I, I'm, but I I don't see them doing both. You know, eventually they do the hand tracking, but it's very hard to imagine them bundling or messaging. And I think Andrew Bosworth in his most recent AMA. He's talking about how the time isn't necessarily right. The fragmentation uh, isn't right for them to go hand tracking only just yet. Now, the only reason I I I I, I'm, I think I I would I I'm there with you. Like I want it to happen, but this is where we're going to the exact core of what you're saying. Of are they waiting to see what Apple or Google are doing? Right? Where are Apple and Google going to land on the hand tracking versus controller tracking question? Uh, and that could have an impact, in my opinion, on what see, Meta chooses here. Uh, okay. All right. Here, here's my quick and easy response to what you just said. Um, the Quest 3 will come out. This is Here are my predictions. So write them down so that way you can throw them on my face later when they're wrong. Uh, Quest 3 comes out, and it's $399. It's $399, no controllers. And it is capable of using the Quest Pro controllers that you can buy. How much do they sell those for right now? Are they 200? 300. They're 300 for just the controllers? The 300, yeah. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. Um, they'll come out with those at 150 that you can buy um, because they'll be able to get the price down. And buy. But they will not use the Quest two controllers and here's why they won't because that's legacy tech they already are selling these controllers so that way people who have a quest 2 can upgrade now and i would imagine that that, that 300 seems a little high i think that that's they're probably milking it to get the people who want it now that they can get that money out of it um yeah i i think they're going to lower the price of those and that'll be the de facto controllers moving forward because then the headset doesn't have to have certain sensors to have to deal with, you know, the, the constellation. I don't even know if they still call it constellation or not. The, the, the controller setup that the quest one quest two used. I seriously would doubt that you're going to see support for those controllers moving forward into the quest three and beyond that. I, I would, uh, I'll. So maybe Kyle, then hmm. we did go over this on a previous show where we, we had a comment to bring up uh, a sort of like touch, touch, Touch 2.5 controllers, you know, something in between the Touch Pros and the the Quest 2 controllers. You could have one or two cameras yeah, on the it, controllers instead of the three that are on the Pros. It doesn't make sense because they've already invested so much. I, I was in that, uh, that, you know, I was agreeing with that. The only problem I have with that, Kyle, is, is I, I get what you're saying logically, but they've been making the Touch the, the controllers for the Quest 2 for so long that it's such an easy thing to bundle with your next generation headset 
and cut cost in the process, right? If you're wanting to bundle the the next generation like base system, I think you include those controllers or some version that's just slightly improved, but just as easily as you know inexpensive to to make. And then you throw everything you can into making the headset slimmer and lighter with a higher resolution. <sighs> And then you have the upgrade option for going and getting the Touch Pro controllers at, you, you, at you something like $200, right? Like you can go and get, that's how you get to something like a $600 headset, right? You get a, you could put $400 into the cost of the headset and then $200 into the Touch Pro controllers. This is, I still think there's a route for Quest 3 to run the gamut all the way from $200 price all the way up to 800 or 1000 where you're just having different stair step pricing a $200 uh. device comes without controllers a 300 or $400 device comes with the cheaper controllers that don't have camera equipment in them that are very uh, inexpensive to make and then you get into 5 6 $700 and you're talking battery packs cases um, okay. and these incredible right. controllers uh, uh, that uh, uh, that attract okay. in all conditions Quentin here uh, in the comments is saying, where's Heaney to bring us all back down to earth? No shot. They'll release a no controllers quest three meta lives off their catalog and not enough of the current game support hand tracking. You're right. Games don't. Uh, But if I spend the entire day in workrooms talking to Ian and going over business stuff, uh, I don't need my controllers. Um, I, I don't, if I'm in, you know, consuming media or if I'm, there, there's plenty of things where I don't need the controller. Now, Ian, to your point, you have to understand that there is a lot of engineering that is necessary to get a new headset to be able to recognize and track the old controllers. And that is engineering that the Quest Pro does not have and doesn't. It, it's a huge time save to stop supporting legacy. And, you know, and this is coming from a guy who doesn't think they should shut down the Echo servers. So, um, but from an engineering standpoint, they're not going to make it be able to recognize that old system because there's just too much. The sensors have to be calibrated and they have to be able to recognize certain types of light. And then those, you know, sensor fusion, blah, 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 too many stacks. It it gets messy as soon as you start adding legacy uh, support for hardware like that. It's, I don't know. Uh, but I do think there was going to be a reason for a controllerless Quest 3. I just do. I just think there will be. Well, because me, people who are upgrading, people who are upgrading, let's say you bought a Quest 2, you bought the Pro controllers for it, you really like that setup. You bought a Quest Pro, all, all 17 of us who didn't return them, uh, will want to just upgrade the headset and not necessarily the... And I'm not, I'm not even sure if it's going to be superior to what the Quest Pro can offer. What do we what do we got going on here? Yeah, so you're talking about costs. This was one of our other reports recently uh, where we were talking about the, the losses and the revenue out of Meta. And what I'll... I'll go through this chart here. This is Q4 of 2020, this first bar on this chart. So this was Meta's revenue in the Christmas quarter of 2020, right when the Quest 2 first, first got out there um, for, for the holidays. So this is their revenue, and this is the cost that it took them to make that amount of revenue in that quarter. And here you've got all these quarters, right? This is the life lifespan of the Quest 2. 
And then right at the end here, you've got the Quest Pro hitting the market as well as the Quest 2. So from here to here, you see an increase of revenue zeroing in on uh, a billion uh, from this section in the same quarter of 2021. So this is when the headset is priced $300. This is when it's priced uh, $300. This is when it's priced $400, right? So what changes between here, you know, over in this period and over here is they've increased the price for almost exactly the same hardware. They obviously upgraded the storage on the base level system somewhere in this region. I can't remember exactly where it was, uh, but this is fundamentally the same system on sale as the base level quest. And they made just a hair more revenue uh, with both costing $100 more per device and adding on the Quest Pro as a secondary system um, that they're selling. Now we're going to be moving into 2023, right? We're in quarter one of 2023 now. We're going to have two, three, four. And at the end of this year, end of 2023, we're going to have another big green chunk of revenue. And you can see here the red bar here. The reason it's so extraordinarily large is because they fired 11,000 people and needed to pay them all checks as they went out the door. Uh, so there's a very large amount of money here added uh, to their costs. We're, we're moving into this phase here, and we're talking last week about the choices that they're making to, to, to basically make this. They want to make the green larger, and they want the red not to be so darn big. And they're so trying to do chart, both those things at the same time that we're moving into Quest 3. So I'm just going to put my normal business person hat on and just talk about this chart and the fact that I, I, can't, I can't trust this chart unless I know the composition of where the revenue is coming from and where the costs are coming from. Because I... I did they start a new project in Q4 of 2021 that is unrelated to VR and unrelated to anything else? And did they happen to have like a large amount of advertisement revenue come in that has nothing to do with hardware? This there's nothing this no means- advertising revenue. I mean that's that's bad bad to bring up because this is not that segment. This is the okay. segment. This is Reality Labs. All right. So I get so what you're only- saying, but yeah, this this is Reality Labs. Uh-huh. This is since they've started only reporting what's going on in Reality Labs as a separate segment of their business. Sure. So we know this has nothing to do with the rest of the organization. This is okay. Meta Reality so Labs. So how, how much of this revenue then is coming from sales of legacy hardware? How much of it's coming from the Quest oh, you, Pro you think, versus think You think the, the Oculus Rift or the Rift S are, are in there? Uh, I mean, do they not still have some and still need to sell that? I could look inventory? at the date, but no. I mean, I mean, all right. What, so, did they you're, buy you're, a company you're picking here? Apart the wrong types of things because this is, you know, this is Quest, right? This is the thing that they're selling, right? That's their hardware, right? The so I get where you're going, but again, the big thing that changed in this paragraph, and we could, we could. I've talked to Heaney about it of us going through and putting little markers here so that we know the things that have happened in various quarters. Yeah. But there are things that are inherent, and we can make deductions on some of these things, like the Quest 2's price increasing from $300 to $400. It had an effect on uh-huh. where these bars go. 
So, okay, right. And and I understand that from the revenue perspective, but the cost perspective, I feel like you could say like, well, where did they, like you said, there's layoffs. When did Carmack go down to part-time? When did Carmack decide to leave completely? Um, you know, what companies have they purchased that would have cost a nice chunk of change to add to this? I almost feel like this chart isn't proving what we want it to prove. Do you, do you I don't know, know I mean? where you're going with that, but the, okay, the thing well. that, the reason this chart is useful is because the investors who are complaining and writing like letters to Mark Zuckerberg begging him to lay off more people, right, is because of how big these bars are getting. And one of the questions that was asked on their most recent earnings call is, is that the biggest the losses are going to get? And like, no, uh, it may get bigger, right, is kind of the, the hint, right? They're burning a $5 billion a quarter to make VR happen. And we are entering a period where uh, they are going up against Google and Apple and they're trying, you know, Zuckerberg is on record saying this is our year of efficiency. They're picking fewer projects and they're killing projects. And we saw one of them killed last week was if you want, if you want to make this chart, if you want to make this chart be relevant to me, to give me information that I would actually care about discussing. I don't do anything to make things I, relevant to you, but no, I know, but it, to the rest of the world as well, then uh, I'd like to see this chart from Apple when they first started uh, designing your product. So you, you know? you're going, I appreciate that. So, so you're going to the exact core of what Ronnie Abovitz, uh, the CEO, the former CEO of magic leap yeah. is arguing when I tried to get Neil Stevenson, who was at Magic Leap, on the record at CES, and he was like, no, I won't talk to you. Uh, the one thing he pointed to me was the exact same thing I've heard from Ronnie, which is uh, for the billions of dollars that was invested in Magic Leap and disappeared in, you know, 18 month increments, right? It just they would get a billion dollars and it'd be gone. And then they'd somehow raise another two billion dollars. And then COVID hit and they could not raise any more money. And that is the story for a large number of startups. They, they got to COVID, could not raise any more money. Um, the argument from those people was how many billions is Apple burning to get to the same place Meta is? Right. Uh, so you're, you're, it's, it's tens of billions of dollars. Some of these charts out there compare it to the space race that the, the the extraordinary amount of money thrown to put 15 people on the moon um was just a ridiculous amount of money to make that happen and creating the metaverse is the only thing that's like comparable and it's just being split up across tens of billions of dollars at all these various companies and absolutely apple is there uh i this chart is useful in seeing the overall trends here, uh, knowing how big the Christmas quarter is and knowing that this Christmas quarter, they're going to have a whole slate of games that haven't even been revealed, knowing that they'll have both the Quest Pro and the Quest 3 on the market heading out to buyers. And they're both compatible with the same library of controller tracked game, you know, uh, tracked controller games. They're and they're, you know, what price are they able to hit for that quest three 
is going to determine whether this bar is here or here and whether this bar is, you know, here or here, right? It's going to it's going to have an effect on how big these bars are going to be. We have no idea where the bars are actually going to land, but it's it's there. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously this is a um Ah, this is an interesting conversation because honestly, I mean, you know, before the iPod existed, you know, like like you alluded to, Apple had to spend whatever amount of money to get it to a point where it's profitable and all this stuff. And so there's a chart out there somewhere that looks like this that represents the iPod, the iPhone, um, uh, you know, Windows 3.1. I mean, just pick some random thing that needed to be designed, implemented, and sold to the public that mass consumption. The BlackBerry. I mean, there are charts that look like this from the early days of other versioning tech. I would love to see the comparison. I want to, I want everybody thinks that Meta is burning money unnecessarily, just throwing it out into the wind and letting it burn as it floats away the ashes raining down on top of, you know, uh, Seattle and in San Jose and all the different places that they exist physically. I, I, I want to see that. I want to see the comparison because I'd be really curious. Um, okay. So I think we've, I don't even know what our topic was that we ended up talking about this. Well, we switched, we, we switched back to meta. We covered the meta stuff. Okay. Uh, the last bit of meta news before we get go full circle back to Echo VR yeah. is that meta should be clear to acquire Supernatural. That was announced mm. in October 2021. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's 15 months from the announcement of, of that acquisition to basically the court, you know, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission saying that they're not going to appeal their attempt to to block that merger after the court decided last week. So Supernatural, the leading VR uh, fitness service, uh, mm-hmm. is now, uh, should become Meta's uh, imminently. Um, and that's the that's the last big news. We'll have uh, stuff about Horizon up on the website shortly after this show, and then we can discuss that next week as we continue that analysis. Um but let's yeah, let's get back to the legacy of Echo Echo VR and everything that happened since since that live uh, event. I saw someone. I did want to. I did remember something that I was. Uh, someone in our comments was joking. Yeah, we did. We started off the show with the past. Uh, now we're doing the present. Uh, it would be wild if we're able to incorporate the future. I will end this uh, episode with a video from the future. So stay tuned for that when we get to the end of the show. Um, and it goes to some of the the stuff you were saying earlier, Kyle, about uh, performance uh, and, and that being a big, a big thing. People complaining about the performance and sort of quality of, of these visuals and how that relates to the things people actually do in VR. I've got a, a nice little video that kind of talks about some of that. Um, yeah, so... Kyle, what happened in your household oh, after man. after oh. this happened? I want to, I want to start there. So, uh, for those of you who, well, I mean, you either watched the episode live last week or you watched the recap that we showed uh, at the beginning of this stream. Um, so, my daughter Annie is a senior in high school, and she uh, she's a big Echo fan. I mean, I can hear her up there uh, screaming and, uh, you know, it's, it's a sport. 
and, and it really is a sport uh, that she enjoys doing. She's we've got one room in our house. It's kind of an extra bedroom, and she, you know, whips them around, and you know, she hits the wall, and she's broken. She's gone through several uh, Quest controllers, um, unfortunately. <laughs> um, she has a, a community of people that she has become friends with. These are people who she has never physically. Uh, known they're most of them are her age uh and she has just like she refers to them like they're friends from school like she just you know oh you know so and so did this and so and so did this and oh man they're they're doing a uh, a tournament and um so like i i have an office on the first floor of my house that i'm in right now and i do all of my work from this office and uh literally had her standing at my office door waiting for me to finish the stream last week so she could, uh, I don't know, yell at me as if I had some control over it. I think it was just mostly a venting session, but man, she was really upset. And, uh, you know, I, some of her friends, uh, from the echo community, uh, were, were talking about just some of the stuff that was going on. And I kind of just kind of eavesdropped on some of the conversations, um, with permission and man, I, I really feel bad for some of these, uh, these kids. I mean, really, um, I, I of course I'm in my forties, so everybody's younger than me as a kid, but, uh, I want to, I want to throw something up here uh, on the screen, uh, because, uh, the one guy and, and, you know, I don't know if any of them watch the show. I don't know if any of them, you know, follow what we do here, but, uh, I'm going to say a shout out, uh, to Annie's friend, Matthew, who was on his way uh, and is still, I'm sure, on his way to go compete in uh, this. Uh, it's 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 NEPA. Uh, it, NEPA is the National Esport Professional Association uh, Pro Series League. Uh, it's a virtual reality sports league that features 16 professional teams competing in the game Echo Arena. Um, it's the future. Like this is off of their website. Uh, the future of VR esports, And, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad for this group of people. Um, now being sad for a group of people losing something like this, where they're trying to grow this as a professional and actual, um, you know, a, a league, you know, esports is a thing. People get very passionate about it. Uh, I also found it interesting as I was looking through their page that these folks had sponsors, and of course, more little itty bitty stuff you can't read. But um, Napa's sponsored by a lot of. This isn't all of them because it kept rotating, but I wanted to grab a few here. They're sponsored by Harley Davidson. They're sponsored by VR Cover, and they're sponsored by iHeartRadio, which some of you may have heard of. These are not, you know, Jimmy's Crab Shack from down the street that, you know, has 400 people that eat there in a month. These are big companies that are putting their money behind uh, NEPA. And now NEPA doesn't have a home because Echo is going to be shut down. I mean, they had if you go to their website, uh, it's like NEPAVRPro.com or something. I, I apologize for not knowing the exact name of it. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, this, is, this, this really sucks for these people. But, but the way that these games are 
designed, the way that they're engineered, the way that they are programmed by the coders and the designers is to rely on a centralized server. And that centralized server costs money. And this is a free game. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but Echo doesn't make Meta any money. Is that is that an accurate statement, Ian? Uh, I mean, I'd have to go back into the archives and see when they went free to play. Uh, you know, that was a changing that was a changing business model. Yes, right, uh, right. over the time. So over the time. So so so. You know, you can read what John Carmack said. You can read what uh, we've said on the site. Uh, you can read everybody's complaints and arguments all across your preferred social media channels. Uh, the, the, the core of this is that it was a business decision. This isn't we hate Echo and screw these people. No, it wasn't like that. It's about the fact that you have to pay for the servers. You have to pay somebody to keep it going. Uh, there has to be some form of maintenance that is going to happen. And all of that costs money. And there are 10,000-ish number of people who play this game. And I went to NEPA and I looked them up and to see. And they get, you know, their Twitch channel has roughly less than 2,000 subscribers. And uh, it's small. It's small. But if each one of those people paid a dollar a month to keep these things running, would they? And would that be enough to maintain this? Um, I, I guess from John Carmack's perspective, and this isn't the last piece I want to say about this. If games could be designed to not require a centralized server, that would be forward thinking of the game developer to make sure that the game can be continued playing ad infinitum without needing somebody to own and pay for the running and upkeep of such server. Uh, you know, uh, there are ways of doing that. And I know it's harder to do that, but uh, in the long run, I, as a game player, am going to be hesitant to play multiplayer VR games. And this is where I get preachy here. I'm hesitant to play multiplayer VR titles and get invested in them emotionally, knowing that they are finite because there is a server that someday is going to be turned off. And it's very unfortunate that most developers don't go that extra step and this is where the developer goes, Kyle, you don't have any idea what you're talking about. I, I do to a degree. And I understand that that's an investment, a, a cost. But do you want more than 10,000 people playing your game five years from now? And if the answer is yes, then you can't let this happen. You can't let this be the switch that somebody at Meta goes, click, and suddenly your game is not capable of being played anymore. Um, it sucks. It's a business decision. There are ways to avoid it in the future, but it requires development effort and possibly a new set of tools or a new ecosystem that it has to be developed by somebody. But it doesn't look like from our previous image, uh, Meta's not going to put the money into making that kind of infrastructure capability uh, available. They don't have the money to invest in that. So I don't know what the answer is, but Echo, 
you were cool. You were awesome. You gave a lot of really nice people, really a lot of fun. Sucks to see you go, but hopefully we don't have a repeat of this down the line. And hopefully game players aren't going to be discouraged from getting emotionally invested in multiplayer games in the future because of this pattern, uh, this trend that we're seeing where we just don't want to pay for this anymore. So click and let's move on to the next game. So there's, there's my, there's my rant. I'm done. Tell me if you're right. If I'm right or wrong, I don't care. Uh, you're wrong. Uh, I don't know what about, I just, as you just know I'm wrong. Okay, philosophical thing. I, I've gone with it. Sadly, it's Bradley. Just stop designing games in a way they're going to die when you turn off a central server. That's what I was saying, yes. In Bradley. Yes. Um, Alex saying, would this be okay if they're releasing Echo VR 2? Indie Soul Meta doesn't understand the bad will they have created. Um, uh, and I also I appreciated the response. Well, I mean, there were, there were supposedly death threats thrown around. You know, very ugly language tossed around uh in in the wake of this mind jive boz said there were only tens of thousands active echo players so 20k to 90k not 10k and then you've got in carmack's uh statement he says even if it was as low as 10,000 uh to to couch it to you know to set expectations mm-hmm. were and the way bosworth talks about this in his ama um I just want to recap uh, our our week of coverage here, right? So you gave the personal uh, look. Um, We obviously had that news break. They put out the statement while we were live on the show last week around this time a week ago. We came out, uh, looked at the statement, got our story up as quickly as possible from Henry. And then I went about trying to figure out uh, more. Um, I reached out to Sonia Haskins. She's a Hasco Seven, a very big member of the 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 Echo VR community. She's in there in Discord. Wrote some very very, uh, very helpful things for people out there uh, during during this news breaking. Um, I was chatting with her, and she said, "I'm just gonna I'm gonna write up and, and send you something. You do with do with do with it as you please." And so I woke up one morning and got my coffee. The, I think this is the next day uh, after this happened. Um, got my coffee. I'm sitting there. And she sends this email in with uh, just this editorial that she wrote, basically conveying her experience. And I want to, I want to read a few bits from, from her editorial. Um, she wrote... People have fallen in love, found careers, and made major life changes while playing Echo VR. And, quote, there are teens who have played this game for one-third of their lives. If you follow the time frame, 2017 is when the game is released. 2023 is right now. If you were 13 uh, when this game came out, you would have been playing this game uh, exactly one-third of your life um, and still not have cheated any rules um and all right so if if you go read sonia's uh editorial it's very raw it's very you know she's sharing a lot about herself uh and her you know what she's gone through over the time frame uh that this game has been out and she's had some major major life changes and there's this one uh sentence uh in her in her uh editorial where she says when i moved into a place 
with no floors or indoor bathrooms, I paid for electricity and internet first, and I played Echo. And I, I read that and I thought, one of us, one of us. Because, okay, that's, I don't, I can't be alone in being the person who, when you go and you're moving and you're looking into a new place, you investigate the internet speeds for your location as like one of the first things you do. Uh, you, you get that date in your mind of when the internet is going to come and actually get turned on at your place. And that's, that's moving date, right? Moving date doesn't happen, uh, for me until the internet is up and running at my new, my new home. So I, I'm curious if I'm alone there, if I'm an oddball or if that is, that is the market for, for VR esports. for, so I need, you know, I need if to that ends this. up being the type of person. I need to say this very lightly so my wife can't hear me in the other room. Um, but when we we moved several months back to Ohio from Seattle, Washington, and one of the things that I was looking for was this open area for VR, multiple. And, you know, we have an extra bedroom, uh, in, like a guest room, and we keep it very minimal what's in there. Uh, but in our living room, uh, our living room is wonderful. There's a great big open area where I can do VR. And uh, my wife, and this is where I have to say it lightly, my wife's like, hey, let's get like a bench and put it right here. And it would have like broken up that open area where I have like the kitchen and the living room and there's this huge open area. It's open concept. If I put a bench there, I'll have to move it. Whenever we, so I kind of discourage her. I'm like, eh, I don't really think we need a bench. I don't really think we need a bench. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, yes, it is important. And, and I just want to say right now, um, uh, Sonia is, is uh, she's, she's touching on a lot of really important heartfelt things. And I mean, when I read that, I was like, man, like I, I relate to what she's saying and I feel the passion uh, that folks have for this game and, and what it means to their lives. And I'm, I'm not going to say I cried, but I was like, Oh, I mean, that, that's like, this is really touching people's lives this is really affecting them. And, you know, either the screams from my daughter or reading what Sonia says or hearing what her friends say. And the fact that there's a community built up around this, you can't put a value on any of that. It's impossible to put a value on that, but you can very easily just flip a switch and make it all go away. And that's the bigger problem, the bigger issue here that needs to be addressed is that you shouldn't be able to flip a switch and turn off a computer and change all of these lives, whether it's 10,000 or a hundred thousand, that shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be possible to flip that switch and change that many lives. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that that perspective um and i i i did I, tears were brought to my eye reading sonia's sonia's write-up um talking about all of this because i you know it, the way she wrote about this it it really struck a chord with me personally the you know everyone's lives have changed since the the covid pandemic uh some more than others some in ways that you know that they're still trying to to figure out how the world has changed around them. Um, 
And going back to the office, right, is one of those things that's still haunting a fair number of people out there, right? There's people that have relocated to other states uh, during pandemic work from home. And now they've got to, they're getting edicts from their, their office to return and getting into like a stalemate with your boss is, you know, that's a real life scenario oh, for yeah. a lot of people who mm-hmm. are like, I'm not, I'm not coming back. How bad do you need me? Right. Like that's, yeah. that's like, that's an email that's actually happening between a lot of people out there. And I'm, I'm loving people in our comments saying, yeah, absolutely. They do the research on fiber uh, before they move in. And I'm going to some of what you were saying. Uh, yeah. Chris Richardson talking about the human capital. That was one of the phrases that Bosworth yeah. used in his AMA. And so going back to this timeline, I, I, you know, I, I covered uh, getting Sonia's editorial on our site. I do highly recommend reading it. I, I tweeted it out with the question, um, when a server goes down in the metaverse, does it make a sound? Uh, go search the the word reverberates. That was the word we used in the headline for Sonia. Um, so that goes, uh, you know, one day. The next day, Bosworth does his AMA over on Instagram. So that's Andrew Bosworth, the CTO of Meta. And he owned and addressed the the closure, right? He he basically took responsibility for making the call, uh, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. Um, that that's, I respect that. I, re- yeah, I really respect and, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, coming out there publicly saying... Uh, this is one of the decisions you have to make, right? Uh, you know, he 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 owned up to it. Uh, so there, there's that. Um, those resources could be better, could be put to other uses that I think will be useful to the now tens of millions of people who are in VR. And then, he, of course, in that thing, he also said that Carmack, John Carmack, the former CTO of Oculus, would not have shut down Echo VR. Well, you know, so, it, it, we could we could we could Photoshop an image of instead of Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or the ten of tens of thousands. Yeah, well, uh, tens of yeah. millions. The fact that he says tens of millions, it it takes us back to our previous segment, Kyle, with me getting fighty with you over tearing down that chart. Right? He's looking. For tens of millions of people to to reach with the Quest Three, right? Uh, he's looking to achieve that market, and he's like cutting off anything that isn't going to speed him there to those tens of millions. And if you're a watcher of this show, if you've been following along with us, if you're a member, a subscriber, a Quest owner, you are one of these people he is willing to cut off. I'm, I, I don't know. A, a, uh, we've got all evidence that uh, David Heaney, in an editorial on our site in the past, you know, like a year ago now, wrote Meta um, moves fast but leaves customers behind. And if your active market is just a couple million or tens of thousands, that is a drop in the bucket compared to the audience they want to achieve um thank you to um lincoln for the donation echo vr justified the purchase of my first gaming pc i totally get that um you know this is not 
a lot of people are putting Boz on the hot seat for this. Uh, Andrew Bosworth. Um, I, all, overall, I've been very satisfied with the leadership that Boz has given to Meta. I mean, when you when you look at the big picture, high level, I think I got a lot of respect for the guy. I think he's um, pushing things in the right direction most of the enough of the time that it's like, yes, this is you know, there's there's plenty of worse people that could be running this show. Uh, in my opinion. And so I, I do, I, I, I get a kick out of Boz. I think he's a, a good guy overall. Um, and, and no, nobody's paying me to say that. That's just my own opinion. So before you all like, Oh, you're a shill, blah, blah, blah. No. Um, I, I think he's doing an okay job. And I think he, a lot was put on his plate and a lot of hard decisions are going to be made, but that's how businesses run. I mean, the fact that Carmack is almost completely out of the picture right now, you know, it, it's, it kind of makes you wonder if this different era, like if you took all the old people from the old good old days and put them all in a room and said, recreate what you did, would they be able to do it? Um, you know, w- would they be willing to do it? Um, I don't know. I think a lot about like how it was versus how it is now. And it's more business oriented back then. It was all about passion and the people and the community fueled what meta first bought, uh, you know, back when they were still Facebook and what they bought. But what it is now is it's turned into a legitimate business, which is what's necessary for mainstream growth. And so hard choices are being made, but we don't have to like them and we don't have to not have commentary about it for sure. <laughs> so um, I, I'm going, I'm just going to say it. I've said it before, but the fact that I, we have this, this, statement from Carmack on our website. So bringing us back up to present, um, I, I reached out to John Carmack as soon as I saw the AMA uh, from Bosworth and asked him if he wanted to say anything because uh, Bosworth alluded to this, uh, this idea that John Carmack would not have shut down Echo VR. And uh, we have that full statement on our website. I've published the the full thing. Everything in his email is is in that uh, that article on our website. You know, John Carmack's statement, Echo VR. Search that. You'll, you'll read the whole thing. I've got it pasted here. I don't think I'm going to read it out. Um, maybe I'll read a few pieces. I thought it was a mistake to not keep Oculus Rooms running and port to Quest. And I thought it was a mistake to abandon all the Gear VR Go content when my emulation layer worked for a good chunk of things, I believe in saving everything. Um, user value is my number one talking point by far, but focus is pretty high up there, and opportunity cost is a real thing. Um, I, it's challenging to argue for alternatives, is what Carmack said. He's owning the fact that he he tried, but he understands that it is very hard to move things inside of meta. Everything has costs that just, it makes it stupid expensive when it, it shouldn't, right? It should be one person or two people in a room somewhere maintaining the server. But because of this bureaucracy, this, this giant machine that they've built, it's actually pretty, pretty uh, costly. But, this email, this this message, the statement from Carmack outlines uh, the alternatives, the idea that they could have somehow saved this in various ways, and um, 
yeah, I'm going to put it out there. I want Bosworth on this show. I want him in this studio taking questions from us, uh, hard questions. And I want Carmack in this show. I want him taking hard questions from us and, and responding to these subjects in, in a way that's more than just, uh, you know, picking the best, you know, cherry picking your best questions from uh, the feed that was left into your Instagram, right? I want to press questions and really put people on the spot as often as possible. And I, I hope that our effort here to represent everything that happened is coming across to these sources. Uh, Bosworth, Carmack, uh, experts in this space, email tips at uploadvr.com. Come to us with your comments and your questions. We try to present things in context as often as possible. And uh, this is the way we've covered this is as uh, as balanced as we can possibly get. Um, we understand this is a business decision, but I still have to come back to this idea that Facebook has users. They're a company where they have users. That's that's the entire business model is to build a user base. They don't have customers. And people who have bought quests or riffs over the years, they thought they were becoming Facebook's first customers. And Meta and Facebook supported these devices for years in some cases, long past when they maybe should have. But there are motivations in everything Facebook and Meta does that favors users and user growth over making customers happy with their purchase. There's there's an aspect to being an Apple customer that I find is usually the case amongst Apple customers, right? If you call up Apple Care support or if you go into an Apple store and you're polite and respectful, there's a decent chance they'll work with you on whatever your problem is. Uh, you smash the screen, whatever, uh, you can't get into your user account. Now, I, there are nightmare scenarios where people have had the worst possible experience. I've experienced, I've had them myself working through uh, customer support. There's plenty of people that have looked at what Apple has done over the years and say, you know, their customer support is, customer support is nowhere compared to where it was years ago. All those are valid criticisms. What I'm still saying is that of all the companies out there, that customer uh, business relationship is plain as can be. I put a lot of trust in Apple to make decisions long term that are in service of me as a customer. And that's the relationship I have to that that company with Facebook and now Meta. I have a very, very different relationship. This is a company that just wants me hooked on their services. They want to retain my eyeballs for as many hours per day as possible. And it doesn't matter whether I spend a dollar on them or a thousand dollars on them. At the end of the day, all I am is a user and eyeballs to their larger ad plan. Right. And I'm seeing it in our comments, people talking, comparing Bosworth to Sorrento from Ready Player One, talking about him being an advertising guy in charge of VR. These are very common criticisms. These are the types of things I'd like to put to Bosworth directly. Do you feel these are appropriate comparisons? Do you think uh, you can become a company that serves billions of customers, not just having billions of users who are are hooked onto your system and can't 
escape it. Now, uh, I can imagine all of the the responses to this that like why maybe I'm, I'm I've got Munchausen syndrome or whatever it is where I'm I'm actually a, an Apple captive, right? Stuck within their ecosystem, and that's why uh, is it Munchausen's? Maybe if I may have the wrong disease. Uh, when you when you start uh, uh, identifying with your your kidnappers, no, uh, whatever that. That's, that, I got that's, the wrong disease. Yeah. Um, Oops. Um, but yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm very Shoot. stuck in the Apple ecosystem. Lots of people are very stuck in the Android ecosystem. And for years, yes. Meta Helsinki has had... syndrome. Yeah, that's right. I don't think that's right. Stockholm. Stockholm. Yes, Stockholm. Oh, there it is. I got All that right. wrong. Stockholm. Yeah, Stockholm syndrome. I've got Stockholm syndrome about Apple. Like that would be, I imagine, his response to me saying that about Apple and the way I'm attached into that ecosystem. Uh, I'm just for years and years and years, I had this, I have this relationship with Facebook and Meta where they're making choices about how to tweak my newsfeed, about how to adjust my privacy settings that they think are in my best interests, but are actually in service of just hooking you in to using their site more and more and more. And this is the stage that they are at with VR. What are they going to do that's going to get you coming back and back and back? And I've got that fresh in my mind of them working on Horizon. I, it, it is, at the same time, it might be a smart business decision to take some of these apps and stick them into Horizon Worlds. I don't, it doesn't make sense on a couple levels, right? Uh, one of the priorities for Horizon Worlds this year it, the first half of this year is to get that running on phones and flat screens. I really can't imagine playing Echo Arena with uh, dual virtual thumbsticks on on like a touchscreen phone. Right, that sounds like the worst possible experience imaginable. Uh, could they have spectators? Could you be a spectator on those devices and watch an entire game of Echo VR play out uh, in a Horizon world? Is yeah. that a route that they could go? I, it just... the All right, so, so I, I've, I've given a lot of philosophical stuff here, and I want to get one more little piece, right? If this is what happens, if Echo VR just moves inside of Horizon worlds, and they just set it up as this extension that's built inside this, this other layer of their social service, what they've done is moved this game from a place where it can exist on other storefronts to only meta-owned real estate, right? They are now doing like the McDonald's, like now we're the landowner and you're renting the space on Ooh. top of the land for, for your experience. And they, you know, they get the cut, they get in a, for a great free experience. It's one of the nightmare scenarios. Fill in your bingo cards I have for Walkabout Mini Golf, right? Walkabout Mini Golf gets purchased, gets sucked right in, and just becomes another set of worlds that you go into off of Horizon Worlds. But that's the if that is the shift that starts happening, if they're making choices to put things in Horizon Worlds that would have been free or or, or like that experience in order to jumpstart their path to having must-have experiences inside of Horizon Worlds, because that's the thing I just came from reporting on today, right? That they are looking for killer experiences inside of Horizon Worlds. 
and they don't have a single one of those right now. Echo VR would be one. Beat Saber would be one. Walkabout Mini Golf would be another. uh, 11 Table Tennis could be another. They could buy all of these things, uh, close off the servers for everyone else, move them inside Horizon Worlds, have them as dedicated experiences, and boom, they've just uh, had an incredible, like, leap over some of the things you can do on competing platforms i'm not saying that's what they're doing i would be curious to put those questions to bosworth himself to see how they're thinking about those things but it was extremely frustrating to be live on the show a week ago and have this statement put out by ready at dawn where like i hope you had a good new year and then they say we're working on our next project right they don't give any indication that it's another Echo VR project. They don't give any hint of what they're doing with it. The only explanation I can think of for, for, for being vague there is there's some other half of this business move that, like, people, you know, would okay. be bad news if it came uh, out right now. All right. So you've thrown a lot of stuff out there, and I have to ask you a question here, Ian. If Echo Arena Deluxe Pro 2 you know, 9,001, whatever new version comes out and replaces the current version. If a new version of it comes out, are we supposed to go, oh, oh, thank goodness. It's not actually turned off. They're just upgrading it into something new. Uh, Are we supposed to then forgive and forget that this has been, that the original servers are turned off because they've given us something better? Um, What if that's the case, but you have to play it inside Horizon? Uh, which, you know, which you've kind of alluded to putting it into horizon. Are there tens of thousands, upwards of 90,000 people in horizon a month? So, uh, well, so the report, yeah. So the report, uh, that's out now, it was, uh, Salvador Rodriguez, I think, uh, at wall street journal reporting it. Um, he had this memo and, uh, sources indicating, um, that, uh, their target is something like 200,000. They're at 200,000 a month, and their current goal is to reach 500,000 users a month. Okay. Uh, retention is at 11%, so people that are coming back and they're wanting to get 20%. I, I, I would put one of the hard questions I would put to Bosworth if he were here in our studio, if I, you know, I had him available to grill in that sort of, uh, way is are you really telling me that the echo vr user base is smaller than the horizon well that's kind of what i was alluding to right 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 i I don't believe it i would uh, show me the server uh, logs all right okay but but and that's just one aspect of what i was trying to say though is you know whether believing that horizon has more people than echo but the idea that the reason why they did this is because Ready at Dawn is working on Echo 2. It, I'm sorry. I don't claim to be like an expert in business uh, decisions and strategies. But I would think that if you're replacing something down the road with a new and better version, you don't announce you're killing the first one off without having the second one ready to rock right away to at least be able to premiere and say, look, this is what you're getting instead. So on August 10th or whatever date that was that they're going to turn those servers off, they're actually just switching them over. You know, there'll be a downtime and then new ones will come up with the new game. Echo 2 is not 
what's coming out. And if it does, then I take back all the good stuff I said about Boz because that was stupid if that's what's happening. Um, that, that was ridiculous. You could have just waited. You couldn't, you didn't need to say anything at all. You could have just said, no, in August, we're switching everything over to Echo 2, new, bigger, better, better version of the game. That, I can't believe that that's what's going to be. So all the people that are holding on hopes for Echo 2 coming, oh, man, I'm going to just feel foolish uh, if that's what comes out. Because I don't think that's what's I don't think that's what's happening now. Putting it inside Horizon, I that's more plausible to me that they're putting it in Horizon. So that way you have this gateway now that you have to go through to get to the game that you like. But then also consider the possibility of giant arenas. You know, it's like um, uh, Quidditch. You know, and you can sit there and watch them play. Uh, that would be that would be kind of cool. But again, that again, you don't do that. You don't tell everybody I'm going to disappoint you with this announcement. And then later I'm going to give you something that's kind of redeeming. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that one bit. Yeah. I appreciate everyone um, responding and noticing that we are focusing so much on this. We want to make sure that we're representing the community effects, the, 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 the way this affects so many people. Um, yeah. I, I we're we're hypothesizing we're guessing we're trying to get at what the larger picture is what the next uh, step of everything is um but i i have to agree with with kyle's you know assessment here where it's like they should have give some given some indication that echo vr is not done um but i think by not saying that would have been a it's a shrewd uh PR move if I'm right in that if there is a horizon connection to to them doing that the this news you know they've got a lot of ridiculous priorities to accomplish to get horizon right out to the audience they want to get it out they've got to like beat out whatever they've got to have better versions than the core experiences over in rec room um, in order for horizon to take off the way they they want it to take off and obviously echo is one of the games that could do it um how does horizon run on other vr platforms is there any hope of horizon running on other vr platforms that's where we get to that interesting uh little uh comment from the samsung google news right that there is some agreement with meta well Horizon is an obvious thing to think about uh, in potentially having other other platforms supported. But it's kind of ridiculous to think of other VR platforms supported by Horizon when they're saying in the next six months we're trying to get this running on phones and desktop PCs, right? Like that's a completely different input mechanism. Yeah. You're, you're talking about controls from completely different devices. What are the experiences that are going to be compelling across both sets of things? clones of among us clones of all the other games on your storefronts right? right like that's that's where you get to really really scary frustrating things to think about is how far away are we from like i, I thought about this with among us right among us built by shell games this adaptation of this phenomenon on mobile phones uh into fully vr experience uh built by 
these developers who've been waiting for the moment when multiplayer VR is big enough, right? You can have a version of Among Us in Population 1. You can go and build like a version of that game in their platform owned by Meta. You could do the same thing over in Horizon. You could do the same thing over in Rec Room or VR Chat. And there are versions of these games that are put together by fans and in some cases ripping assets off of other places to apply to those those positions. How is Meta going to navigate this situation? If they're if they're that gung-ho uh like throwing every thing they have at making Horizon work, how much are they willing to take away from the quest store in order to give people a reason to go over and use her horizon i i think those are all really good questions i want to take a moment uh, an opportunity to point out that uh sonia haskins has joined the the the, the stream here and hello uh sonia we first of all it was a pleasure meeting you in meet space uh at the party at uh at ces it was uh just a, a great honor uh, to meet you and um you know if if you don't know sonia she's uh she's a beautiful soul. Uh, I'll tell you what, I had a lot of fun talking with her and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, she'll have to back up and, you know, check out all the, uh, the stuff that we've watched or we've already discussed. And, um, hopefully we, we did you good, uh, there representing your, your intentions, uh, with the article you wrote for us. But, um, man, you know, I wonder about an, uh, a knockoff. I wonder about an echo, uh, knockoff that somebody puts together and it's community driven and it's, you know, I mean, the game itself in its essence is, um, not a terribly difficult concept. Uh, I'm not suggesting any level of copyright infringement or, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, but just the core concept of it, you know, it's very Ender's game. I know Ian, you, you've mentioned how, how very Ender's game it is. Um, feels like something that they could do uh, that somebody could put together and at least capture the spirit, the essence of, of the game and then put it out on something, uh, help put it on side quest and, you know, um, uh, community sponsored well, servers. And next thing you know, it's, you know, the next gorilla tag kind of thing. It's, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, like I know side quest is still receiving an extraordinary number of gorilla tag clones, uh, as you know, it's still an ongoing thing uh, where, where everyone is trying to clone Gorilla Tag overnight and get that out there. Um, yeah, I far far quote. Um, I just want to be able to play Echo VR. It's all I want. Meta is taking that away and replacing it with trash. Yeah, the the thing about the idea of like having echo vr running in horizon right i don't want 95 percent of the experience of echo vr in horizon i don't want something that gets one bit of that thing wrong in any respect it needs to be the full like they spent years honing the physics and the grabbing mechanics so that it works despite the the fact that you don't have sensors on the back of your heads you're still able to throw this disc or grab on things in all sorts of ways they spent years honing all that work and yeah. dropping any of it to make it work within this other framework of Horizon would be would be uh, scary. And I, I want to just go back to it would just be defeat the purpose, right? So many people would just lose interest in the game. But I want to go back to this whole like land grab idea, right? Becoming the renter on somebody else's platform, right? 
the people that I've seen, well, uh, if anyone from Meta is watching who's on the uh, Horizon team, I want to put a, give a shout out to uh, Skits and Giggles. I've talked about it a pre- few previous times on this show. That was a live theater performance done inside of Horizon. And it's the best thing that I've seen done in Horizon. It was fun, funny, a little awkward at times. But of all the live theater that I've done in various like social networking services, that was really, really cool. And they leaned into the humor of, of like making fun of the platform itself. I would love to see Skits and Giggles get like one of these grants of money from Meta to go and build something, build that out into another performance. And I, I'd like to see them do do more there. So I just want to shout out to that real quick. But back to this idea of being a user versus a customer. We've talked about it in the past. Heaney, I have to talk about David Heaney's editorial of Meta moves fast, leaves customers behind. He, he needs to know, Bosworth needs to know how rejected and used his users feel that he has a pattern that meta has a pattern of leaving people behind and leaving them shut off earlier than they expected right you can make all the arguments you want that we left we kept these doors open and supported longer than they should have i disagree like the perception is out there that you cut off people early and move on to the next thing too quick and you need to do something to reward those people who have been with you on this journey for a long time, to keep them through this transformation. If you're as meta going through this transformation from Facebook into a company that isn't motivated just by user metrics, right? You're motivated by other ideals. Prove it with your most loyal people that have stuck with you for a decade at this point. They're going on a decade. There are Oculus users who have been on your headsets and giving you the chance to deliver on this VR promise, do something to repay their, their support for you this long. If you really want to keep them as customers or they will switch off uh, overnight, they will go to Apple and Google in their next round or Pico and find these other sources. What, what can you do to make these people that have been with you for a long time uh, support you through this next version? You, you don't, torpedo one of your core communities in in order to like you don't look at the the tens of thousands you have now and say you know we're sorry you're just not enough for us we, we there's there's tens of millions over here and sorry it's just a business decision we gotta we gotta go over there to the you know do something to 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 reward those people that have been there for uh, a long time tabs thank you for the donation they need to get back in touch with their players you know, I'm sitting here staring at this graphic that we have up on the screen. And obviously, WWJCD, what would John Carmack do? You know what John Carmack would do? He would open source Echo. He would just well, open source it. Well, all right. So that was in his statement. He talked about that idea. The thing, uh, I'm going to throw out normal, um, normal uh, VR. Uh, they, they're the creators of that. Rocket League, bow and arrow game. Um, can't think of knock. Uh, they made the knock game. They also had the the experimental half and half game a couple years ago that was really cool. Where you uh, they had made some really really cool, interesting design choices where 
you jump into a lobby with complete strangers, right? It could be anyone, the scariest person, you know, a murderer of 15 people could be in that lobby with you, right? And all they can do is make gobbledygook noises at you, right? That's what your voice sounds like inside of Half and Half. And then you've got these blobby figures. So, like, you could be with the most dangerous person on the planet in this lobby with you. And the, the, the worst thing they can do is make, like, make their arms wiggle in a weird way. Um, that was their approach to multiplayer online gaming. Anyways, they've got this service that is all about tuned for multiplayer online play. There's other services like um, uh, the one that's doing cloud virtual desktop. Uh, I, I can't think of what its name is right now. Um, remind me of what I'm thinking of. It's, it's, it's delivered via SideQuest. But it's a you know a remote computer in the cloud that you pay credits for. Are you talking for. about Plutosphere? Yeah, Plutosphere. Plutosphere. I would be curious to see if a service like Plutosphere or Normal can fill in this gap of you know between Amazon Web Services and VR. Where is a service where I could spin up a server, pay a small monthly bill to some provider, and then uh, test out my online networking? in vr that way that's the market you that i'm thinking about when you talk about open sourcing or like needing a way to architect these things they work who is going to build a networking service that actually works properly for like even something like chess right where it's turn-based and you don't have any latency right what is the networking stack that developers can choose to to implement that feature uh, without any server costs and then they upgrade to like another version like i've i was just have you ever installed a server for minecraft kyle have you ever like run one yeah oh yeah I, i'm actually running one right now <laughs> <laughs> it, it, what system do you do what system do you use for that i just eat plain vanilla you know my kids like when i go in and do bucket so we can do like uh but yeah we're just a standard generic uh, uh vanilla server um java version and yeah. uh, uh you know we've got two or three computers in the house and um I, I that was one of the reasons i was playing with questcraft uh this past weekend was i wanted to see if it would if i could cross-platform interact with and we can get we can get that far we can get that far yeah. but um you know running a server myself gives me the opportunity to you know uh kind of walled garden kind of thing um you know, you were talking earlier about Plutosphere and stuff like that. Um, it's like, here's my pitch. Google, revamp Stadia, but for VR headsets. And it's like, no, that's a terrible idea. But is it? Because it's kind of what Plutosphere's... Oh, they're all working, you know, they're all working yeah, towards yeah, yeah. that goal. Yeah. Right. But, but, but you, had, you got me thinking now, and you're, you asked about Horizon being able to be uh, uh, accessed from a non-meta headset, I feel like the maybe streaming capabilities from one of these remote server, you know, maybe like in some mojo from virtual desktop, I feel like you could emulate a meta headset and be able to get in like Pico 4 access horizon, you know, there's, there might be some mojo that could cause that to happen. I don't know. It's, it's funny. We're getting to like, we're getting to the very, core sort of layer of how this 
how this metaverse idea is going to work, right? Is it going to require centralized servers or can they achieve a way of, of decentralized, like I run a server on my headset and other people can come join it and then the server evaporates when I turn off the headset, right? Or yeah. have a dedicated PC in my home. And uh, it's funny, I, I think I've got an email in my inbox from Sansar. I didn't I didn't know they, they still existed, uh, but they, they got spun out had some kind of amount of money they're looking to you know somehow survive I, I should probably follow up on that email but you know that's that is one of these examples of of a service that was like built for vr and wanted to to succeed and in, in letting people do these sort of creativity see, server built things but it, it I, I, all of I, these things I, fail in different ways right see i think san i think sansar Missed the boat because they didn't call themselves Third Life. <laughs> I really think that that you know they could have been Second third Second Life from uh, life. from the office. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, <sighs> Meta wants to own the highway and charge us to drive on it. I think that's 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 an interesting analogy. That's that's coming close, right? Where like you're they're going to want to charge something, but driving from like. I try to think of those analogies all the time, right? I've gotten close to, like, it's close, but like, is are they when they had the Facebook account as the requirement? It was more like they're a passport taker, right? That your Facebook account was like your passport, and that's how you could get from place to place. And that's where, yeah, there's a lot of things after you get inside their their realm. Um, but yeah, like for Meta, the 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 way Meta needs to evolve, right? Is they they want to be bringing mega, you know, expensive products. Like, th there's no argument can be made that the Quest Store isn't a success. And I saw Guy Godin saying you can't do some of the things on the Quest Store that I was describing earlier. Uh, good note to, to make sure we put that. But there are hundreds of apps uh, now making significant amounts of money from Quest Store sales. Oh, they, no. Meta has to figure out how to keep that process going. At the same time, they need reasons for people to go and come back to Horizon Worlds again and again. And we don't know what that picture looks like. And we're speculating to to heaven today, to high heaven on all these ideas. Um, it's just, it's heartbreaking that they would look at a community like Elko VR and say, that's just not the numbers we're looking for. That the the numbers we're looking for are in a larger group of people playing on on Roblox. We want those people. Um, any comments that we should call out before we get close to closing out our show? As a reminder, I will uh, throw up a little video previewing something we've got coming at the end of this. Thank you for the incredible discussion for sticking with us. Please do think about becoming a member and supporting our work as we continue chronicling everything that is happening in VR. Uh, I'm very, very proud of my team here, uh, the work we did this last week covering this. Uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in and, and sticking with us. Uh, this is what we did last week is our platform and what we want to do going into the future. Uh, we're, we're not journalists and reporters like uh, the last century. We're, uh, we're, we're trying to focused discussion around what what uh is going to move the conversation forward and that's you know that means throwing away a lot of things like um 
writing solely for SEO or writing clickbait headlines or, you know, it means pushing back against a lot of the trends that are pushing journalism in the wrong direction. And uh, I think we've done a really, really fantastic job covering everything uh, that's out there. And just to, you know, everyone at Meta that's watching this, we want to get uh, Bosworth in this show, Carmack in this show, any, any of your other executives you'll give, give us uh, access to. We need to put hard questions and bring them in from our community and uh, really get them in front of your, uh, your people. Thank you for Pastel the Devil for becoming a new member. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. You know, Ian, you 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 kind of hit the nail on the head there in terms of uh, our method of reporting. Uh, you know, on this industry and the community at large. Um, you know, we we do try to put things out there that are relevant to your interests, uh, as opposed to putting out a slideshow of twelve things. Number seven will amaze you. Uh, it will shock you. So get to number seven and look at all those ads. But, you know, we really do appreciate the um, the support of our dedicated community. I love watching, even when I'm not on the show episode, I love watching the chats and seeing the intelligent conversations that are happening. I'm going to uh, run out of power. Out I'm at zero percent. I'm going to. Oh, gonna yes. Okay. Goodbye. All right. Well, Ian, it's I'm been fun. I guess charging. it's just the Kyle show now. Uh, so for all of you uh, who have asked and wondered, yes, I am working on developing the Kyle Untethered show. Uh, I've talked to the Between Realities guys and uh, Alex and Skiva are willing to uh, to be part of this. And so uh, we are working on that. So stay tuned for that to come down the line here uh, very soon. Uh, with all of that. I think we're pretty good. Uh, Mr. Vacantace, $5. Thank you for the contribution. This game had the potential to bring many more to VR with the rise of two significant leagues. NEPA, VRML, I know. And we talked about that earlier if you missed it. Um, you know, it, I, I do feel for those folks. So uh, from all of us here at Upload VR, thank you very much for watching uh, another episode of VR Download. We'll uh, see you in the future. See you in the future.